The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the sixth chapter. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had not enough leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, Jesus' disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them. And all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. The Gospel of the Lord. Each year at St. Mark's, we choose a theme that orients us to something important in our life of faith. And if you've been with us all or part of 2018, you might recall that we have been focusing our attention this year on God's commitment to the well-being of all. And it's a commitment that we see right away at the beginning of this gospel story today, when the apostles gather around Jesus to tell him all that they have done and all that they have taught. And when I hear that, my first thoughts go to the people that these apostles have touched after being sent out in pairs by Jesus. I think of all the physically ill people who had already been cured by the power given to these disciples as they went out. I think about all the, the mental turmoil and the spiritual sickness in the people that they met and what it was like for those people to hear the apostles' message of God's unconditional love and grace for them. And I think about all of the people whose lives at that time were broken down, broken down by injustice and oppression and what it was like for them to hear the apostles' proclamation that God's kingdom of justice was drawing near. Already in the early stages of ministry, God's commitment to the well-being of all was not only evident in Jesus, but also in these apostles who were gathering around him now to share these stories. And when I imagine what that scene was like, 
I compare it to the testimony of so many others who have had the experience of doing something, as James says in that epistle reading today, doing something that has meaning, something that makes a difference, something that has purpose with it, something that fulfills why we're here as God's people on earth. And that leads me to see another part of God's commitment to the well-being of these apostles that Jesus sent out. For their lives to be complete, they needed to do something important on behalf of others. They needed to say and preach and teach the gospel. They needed to be present with people in a way that made a difference in the world around them. And now they've had an experience of that and they're coming back to share it with Jesus. And I think about all of the people that I've met in my life and my own experiences of what it's like to have something like that to share, of what that has meant for you to be able to use what God has given you for the sake of another. In my mind, that is one of the ways that this gospel story and our annual theme connect very well with the observance of Labor Day this weekend. I know that it isn't a religious holiday necessarily, but in many respects, it has its roots in things that matter deeply to people of faith, including the dignity and the sanctity of labor for all people. From the first creation stories in Genesis, the Bible makes it clear that God sees meaningful work as an essential part of our human existence. Instead of doing everything independently, which would have been the safe and easy way for God to create, God right away gives important work to Adam and to Eve, including the care of other creatures and the care even of this planet. And when we read further into our gospel story today, we see that this same pattern continues in almost everything that Jesus does, including the sending out of these apostles before this story begins. But then in this story again, when Jesus sees a hungry crowd of people, he knows what they need for their well-being. He knows they need food to nourish their bodies. But after ensuring that there is enough for everyone in God's abundance, Jesus does something surprising. Instead of just making all of that uh, somehow appear in some magical way in everyone's baskets, Jesus gives that abundant food to his followers so that they can be the ones to do the work of distributing this, giving it to every man, woman, and child that was gathered there. The question to ask is, why? Why does God choose to do things this way? Why does God go through the slow and often messy process of using imperfect people to do the work that God could do alone? For me, the answer comes back to God's deep commitment to the well-being of all people. Just think for a moment about any meaningful work that you have done or that you are doing now. And ask what it would feel like if God said, no, just 
leave that alone. I'll do it, so make sure it's done right. On this day when we bless all of those going back to school, what if God said, only I can raise a child, so hands off? Or what if God said, only I can teach, truly teach, so stay out of the classroom, let me handle this? Without a doubt, our well-being as humans is intimately connected with our need to be engaged in work that has an impact on other people in some positive way. But what about the problem of too much work? What about the cases where excessive labor becomes a burden that threatens our well-being? One of the old vinyl records that I remember from childhood features music performed by a group called the Golden Gate Quartet. And most of the songs that they sang were African-American spirituals. But I remember one called The Ballad of John Henry, which told the truth about the tragic sacrifice that is made often by workers in the world. I can still hear them singing, when John Henry was a little baby, sitting on his mother's knee, he took a hammer and a little piece of steel said, hammer's gonna be the end of me. Lord, Lord, hammer's gonna be the death of me. The song goes on to describe John Henry as a steel-driving man in the early days of the Industrial Revolution when concerns for profit, money, and speed of production eclipsed all concerns for the well-being of workers. It was a dark time for workers in many parts of the world, and the death toll finally forced many businesses to accept new laws and provisions that were created to protect those who worked simply to put food on the table. Some of those provisions acknowledged and affirmed the basic necessity of rest for human beings. And that, too, is connected to the origins of Labor Day, as you know. In the end, when we connect all of this back to our gospel story, we see that the founders of Labor Day were simply trying to do something that God has been modeling from the very beginning of time, which is a sacred cycle of work and rest. From the creator that we meet in Genesis to the Jesus we meet in Mark's gospel, God knows that those two things are of equal importance and that the well-being of all is dependent on the existence of both work, meaningful work, and true rest in our lives. So, after hearing the disciples share the news of all of the work they had done, of all the meaningful labor that had been done in his name, Jesus looks at them and says, now come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest. Clearly, Jesus knew all the needs of his followers. When I ask myself what prevents laborers from getting holy rest today, I know that there are many factors. Sometimes it is our own overly aggressive work ethic 
or our own desire to prove ourselves, even to prove our worth to someone else by how much we do, how much we accomplish. But above all, I would say that it is really the love of money that prevents people from getting rest. Sometimes it is, again, our own love of money that pushes us to work more and more to get the things we want, even to the neglect of loved ones around us. But most often, workers lack adequate rest today because countless businesses and organizations value money, financial profit above the well-being of people. When hardworking people have to take on two or even three jobs, including one of them being full-time today in order to barely cover their living expenses, simply because owners and employers put the desire to make money above the laborers need to make a living. And when states and countries allow them to do this by failing to establish fair living wages, minimum wages, we know that the economic injustice which Jesus confronted is still in place today. When workers at any level endure excessive overtime hours on a regular basis out of fear of losing their jobs if they don't, we know that the systems of greed which Jesus denounced are still a driving force in our time. But we don't have to settle for any of that because God never will. Throughout the Bible, God's commitment to the well-being of all is intimately connected to God's commitment to justice for all. And so on Labor Day and on every day of the year, we can be sure that the God who gave us both work and rest is never going to surrender to the powers of this world that deprive even one person of those sacred gifts. We can be sure, too, that God will never stop enlisting people, apostles like you and me, to join the movement which seeks to restore and preserve essential gifts like that for all. And when we come back to share what we have done, there will always be that loving voice that says, now, come away and rest for a while. It's a holy cycle that God still chooses for you, for me, and for all people. Thanks be to God. Amen.